we're going to keep going in our sermon series entitled, God, the Holy Spirit, and His Work. One of the amazing things about following Jesus that the Bible teaches us is that God, the Holy Spirit, actually resides in you. It says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that God speaks to you. That means that you feel the presence of God. As we spoke of in the sermon series in the past, that means when we don't do right and we walk in sin, we feel like we grieve the one we love. We've grieved the Holy Spirit. That's because God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's speaking to you. And I want us to understand that because today when we talk about modern day gift of prophecy, I want you guys to understand that God at times will reveal stuff to you for your own life and will reveal stuff to you to share a word with somebody. Now, as I, um, as I got ready for this message, I spent a lot of time on this message, I realized more and more because I've shared some stories with you guys how much prophecy has impacted my life in a good way. And maybe many of you have the same story where people came up to you and gave you a word or gave you a word of affirmation or a word of knowledge or a, a word just to console you and pick you up and you felt like God the Holy Spirit spoke to them to speak to you. And I want us to think of prophecy not as overdramatic. That's really what I think has become in Western civilization. Thus saying the Lord, the person has like tinsel on and they're wearing linen, fine silk and stuff. And they're prophesying to you and like, there's something off about this. There's something that's not sitting right. And it seems like the strangest people are always the bravest, right? Like if you're strange, when it comes to that, all of a sudden you're like, I got to tell everyone a word. I got to give them a letter that's going to bug them out. I got to give them some stuff. And many times we tend, and I'll get to this, to despise prophecy because of the error and because of the awkwardness and because of some just silly things that have gone on in our past. I've been in that camp where I want to just totally not even talk about it, if I'm honest with you guys. I want to be like, prophecy, let's just keep it safe. Let's get up here and just teach the scriptures, which we will continue to do every day. But I just want to do that. I, I don't want to have to think about giving a word to someone, whether it's on or whether it's off, or is God really speaking to me, or should I say this to someone, or those kind of things. But what I want us to do today is I want us to learn not to despise prophecy, but to weigh it and actually desire earnestly to prophesy. And we'll talk a little bit of what that looks like. And I want to give you a very normal way I received a prophecy one time, because some of us have these <coughs> strange ways we've received prophecies. You know, someone's blowing a show father and they give you a word, and you're like, come on, bro. This guy, one time, he was actually one of the guys I think really had the gift of prophetic ministry. And so he's at the church when I was younger, and he, I was probably 22 or 23, and he just was giving words to different people. And he said to me, very, I want you to hear the normal part of this. I want to hear you that it's balanced. I want to hear that it matches up with Scripture, and we'll get into that. And it was important for my life at the time. He said, Joey, you're called to be a leader, and you're called to lead the Holy Spirit gang. Now, I don't know why I said gang. But that's what he said to me. And as a young man, I realized that that was God using that man in a very simple, very ordinary. He didn't get dramatic, like, here comes a word from the Lord. Like, none of that happened. He said, listen, I think God's revealing me to know that you're a leader and you're going to lead the Holy Spirit gang, whatever that means. It made me realize that I needed to posture up 
starting to be trained as a leader, and God was already preparing me for that. It realized I need to take responsibility seriously, the way I arranged my life, the way I thought, the way I was around other people. And it also made me realize that I had to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because that's a vital part of my ministry. And every person who ministers the gospel is a vital part. Do you guys hear how normal that was? There's nothing strange about it. There's nothing awkward about it. If someone came up and gave you a word, you said, thank you for speaking that to me. And we'll talk about how to weigh that. But I want, that's how you hear prophecy now. Because some of us have a model of prophecy that has caused us to despise prophecy. But hopefully we put a model before you today that helps you to desire it. Because you see that it builds up the body of Christ. And it brings us to maturity. And most of all, makes us better worshipers of Jesus. So we're going to read a long portion of scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 33. And let me tell you, because in the next few weeks, we're going to speak on the gift of tongues too. So you'll see in 1 Corinthians 14, it's talking about prophecy and tongues. So you see all that woven together. Um, you're going to hear a lot about tongues. That's going to get us ready to match what we're looking at in prophecy and what we're looking at in tongues. And I know just, I just scared a lot of people when I said tongues. But we're going to do that in a balanced, healthy way, in a scriptural way. So I'm going to read some scripture right here. Prophecy and tongues. And I can say... Thus saith the Lord when I read scripture. This is the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Hear that. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Hear that right out the gate. Especially that you might prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for the upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Then the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues... How will, it, how will it benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Even if lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? <laughs> and if the bugle gives an indistinct note, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What, I, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position, as a position in, uh, in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in the church, I would rather speak five words with my mind. Is that you, Mike? You leave a guitar ringtone up here with the pastor. I'm about to get prophetic on you up in here. 
Everyone's phone on bright, mate? <laughs> Moving on. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in the church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. In the laws it is written, by people of strained tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people, and even when they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are the sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Hold that note, because that sermon's coming in a few weeks. While prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues, and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. We've got seven verses to go. I usually don't read this much, but I want you to hear the word of God today. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in tongues, let there be two or the most three, and each in turn, and let someone interpret. But there, if, if there is one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. <clears throat> if a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged, and the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Hear that last verse and all of that as we unpack it. What has most prophecy, if anyone's ever been to a hyper-charismatic church, what has most prophecy done in your life? Absolute confusion. What is going on here? What's he doing? What's she doing? Why are they up? Why are they speaking now when the pastor's speaking? What is going on? But what prophecy should actually do is bring order and maturity and cause the church of God just to be alive in some wonderful and vibrant ways. So what does Paul say right out the gate? Let's think of this. Do not despise, but desire. He doesn't say just desire prophecy. He says, earnestly desire to prophesy. How many people here earnestly desire to prophesy? I didn't raise my hand either. But the word of God calls us to do that. Let me give you some of the reasons we despise prophecy, because I want to start the foundation of that. Because it's supernatural. And we're comfortable. Of course, God is spirit. You can't see him. We're comfortable in prayer, that's supernatural. We're comfortable hearing the word of God. But when you stop talking about prophecy, it's supernatural. And it makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel out of control, doesn't it? Like, what is this going on? But if you realize that God the Holy Spirit resides inside of you, you realize that there's going to be some supernatural stuff that goes on in your life. Prophecy, modern day, and Dave wanted me to clarify this. When I say modern day, when they were talking about New Testament times after Jesus, we understand that the prophets wrote the Old Testament, that's the word of God. The apostles wrote the New Testament. But they also talked about a gift of prophecy that still goes on in the church today that is not on that same tier. So you have 
The prophets, that's authoritative. I can say, thus saith the Lord when I read this Bible. Even more authority than the prophecy I'm going to talk about today, if you're teaching the word of God, that has more authority because you're appealing to the Supreme Court. Thirdly, we have prophecy on that third tier, which even though there can be human error, can be used for the building up of the body of Christ. You guys hear that? It takes maturity, and we don't want to have to discern whether we're hearing from God or not. Isn't that the scariest thing? It's scary to think, am I hearing from God or not? Is what I'm going to say be effective? Am I going to look like an absolute idiot, right? Listen, I think God's told me to tell you something. Don't we all get uncomfortable? What do you mean, like the God who created the earth? <laughs> what do you mean, like Jehovah, like mighty, like him? Yeah, he, he wants me to say something to you. It gets intimidating when you've got to be mature and discerning and say you believe God's speaking something to you. But what I want to do in this message, I want to take all the weight on you because we just put it on the third tier. You're not writing scripture. And people, you should be able to discern and work through it. And the person who's hearing should be able to discern and work through it. And that's where we'll get on the third point. You don't have to put the weight. You're not Elijah. You're not Isaiah. You're not foretelling the birth of Jesus. You're given a word to build up, console, to encourage, to convict. And those are the words we hear. What does prophecy do? Kept hearing build up. It builds up. It exhorts. It consoles. It convicts. People sometimes, you speak a word of prophecy and they, they fall on their face and they repent to God. So that's the first reason. We don't want to have to discern, so we despise prophecy because it puts us in an arena that we're not usually used to. Second, there's been some goofy people in our lives who have prophesied, and therefore we wrote off prophecy. Let me give you an example. There's a prominent pastor. He's about to have his fourth child. His wife was pregnant. He was teaching on prophecy to his church in the same way. Earnestly desired to prophesy. Let's work through this. Let's talk through this in a balanced way. I believe it was after the service that during the week, a woman walks up to him and says, your wife is going to give birth to a girl a daughter, but she's going to die during childbirth. Thus saith the Lord. He was like, I'm not preaching on it anymore. He just kind of was kind to the woman and said, okay. And he went into his office and he fell to his knees and he wept and said, Lord, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? I'm teaching on prophecy. I'm trying to equip your people in these things. And a woman just walks up to me and tells me my wife's going to die, but I'm going to have a daughter. And he wept. He decided not to um, share it with his wife. He said, I'm not going to tell this to my wife. And imagine the weight of that. <laughs> you know, you don't go home. Listen, honey, got a prophecy. You're going down. You're going down. I'm the one who wanted to have the baby, and you're going down. But we'll have a beautiful baby, girl. So he kept it to himself. Guess what? His wife gave birth to a beautiful son. And she lived and she's still here today. Know what happens when those things happen? He's saying, let's play it safe here. Let's play it safe. Enough with this stuff. I'm going to despise this. Because you just ruined like three months. I should be enjoying I'm having another kid and I'm stressing. I'm going to lose my wife. But we can't let those instances of those people who are not rightly hearing from God and who are not rightly prophesied, we can't allow that to cause us to despise prophecy. Listen, I understand the temptation that we want to despise prophecy and despise words from God. 
But it says, don't allow that to overcome you, but rather be mature and weigh and discern and desire to prophesy. Now, you want to, why should we desire to prophesy? prophesy? I believe we understand that in verse 1. If you truly love people and you truly love God's church, you will desire to prophesy because of what it does. Who wouldn't want to build up? Who wouldn't want to console? Who wouldn't want to comfort? Who wouldn't want to convict? Who wouldn't want to affirm through the gift of prophecy? Apostle Paul saying desire prophecy because the church needs it. Desire prophecy because we need to be built up. So let's lay that foundation for, but first, let's desire not despise prophecy. Let's talk about the purpose and need of prophecy in the local church. Let me give you a working definition of prophecy. It's speaking something that God the Holy Spirit has brought to mind for the building up of the body of Christ and the people of God. So God, the Holy Spirit, and some of you might not have the gift of prophecy, so you don't have to worry about it. But God, the Holy Spirit, will bring a supernatural thought, a word to your mind that you believe you should share with a person or with the church. And he does it for the building up of the body of Christ. Um, it should be a normal thing. I don't want us to be dramatic over-emotional, uninspired emotion. It's almost become like a play, at least where I was from. It was like a drama. You know, it was like, thus saith the Lord. Like, I was like, what's going on here? Are we on a Hollywood shoot? Like, what's going on? And you get the attention. There weren't spotlights, but it felt like the spotlight went there. And everyone's like, here I am, hearing from God. No. It's very normal conversation, talk to people, be normal. How about when I got up here every time I was overdramatic? You guys were like, I can't take this another week. I know I'm animated, but overdramatic is different. You know, it's the same with prophecy. It's like, talk normal. How do you talk to people? When you're having conversation, how do you talk? This is going on. It should be a very normal thing, not overdramatic. And you don't have to throw thus say it the Lord on that. It messes everybody up. But let me give you some examples of how it's normal in the body of Christ today. And I want to give, I like giving examples of in this church, because then it becomes alive, right? When it's happening among us, it becomes alive. So I'll start with this. I'm not going to use names. You'll know who you are. As we were looking for new space, I got a call. Um, you know what? Surprise, you signed a three-year lease, but we're selling this place and making it condos. Moving on. All right, here we go. I said, God must be doing something. He must be doing something. As I'm praying through it, my mindset was like, we got to get a retail space on a main drag with a sign out front. We're going to the next level. It's just us there. We don't got to think about anyone else. Central AC, you know how it goes. So I went and I made a bid on a place that was on the Wakefield Saugus line on a main street on a drag with a sign. Gave them a bid what we could pay a month. And we were waiting to hear back from them. Someone asked me how, a woman in the church asked me, how's the search going? And I said, we, I was excited because I was like, man, we're going to get a retail space, you know? Because I was trying like, we're going to get a retail space. This is going to be awesome. Wait till the people see it. We're going to soup it up. I said, we made a bid on this place, this and that. The lady very normally, not flamboyantly, none of that, said, listen, I've been praying. I think we're going to get a church. That is prophetic. 
Because to me, even though she was saying it casually, to me, I understood, and God was already prepping me for it. I've told you guys that we probably would end up in a church, but I was trying to push against it. And he's like, well, no. I, and she did it very normal. But I was like, man, I think she's right, man. That's prophetic. See how normal that is? Secondly, I pray for everyone in the church maybe once every few weeks, at least bi-monthly, sometimes three times a month. Every name, every child, every family. So I'm praying for a certain family. And I'm praying for one of the sons of the family. And I'm praying, Lord, make him a leader. Make him a leader. And I just felt, and I've prayed it a few times, I just felt led to pray, make him a leader. That Sunday, when I prayed that prayer, after a few times, do you know, that boy and his father walked up to me and he said, listen, he has something to say to you. I'm like, what, buddy? He says, I'm going to be a leader. I said, what? He said, I'm going to be a leader. And then I talked with the family. And the mom had been praying the same thing. And we talked all those kind of things. Do you see how normal that is? That is prophetic. Do you guys see that now? That doesn't bug anyone out. That builds up your faith that God the Holy Spirit is moving. Another way, two weeks ago when I was preaching the first part of the sermon series, it was on prophecy. I, ha- you know, I write out about eight or nine, ten pages of what I'm going to preach on. And I got to that point where I was talking about David and Bathsheba, right? And I said something that I hadn't planned. It came to my mind spontaneously. I said, Dave was looking at p- pornography. And all of a sudden, I felt the room get like, all the air went out of the room. It was like, and I felt led to say, someone just got, it wasn't one, man. There was many. I said, people just got convicted up in here. I said, repent. That was very normal, right? But I didn't plan to say that, but I felt the Holy Spirit was leading that spontaneously so people could be convicted and repent and grow in that. That is prophetic. Do you guys see how that functions in a very normal way? I want to read this to you. And I want you to really think and, and listen to this and take this in. God, the Holy Spirit, may be reveal to you something that he wants you to share with someone. It may be a simple affirmation of a calling such as you are called to lead. Or I believe this road you're going down is dangerous for your life. It may be a dream for yourself that you think may be a God dream. Or an impression or leading that you may believe is from God to say something or do something in your life that will ultimately bring glory to Jesus. It might be a word for the church for its building up and direction. It might be a word of encouragement that God has spontaneously and heavily laid on your heart to speak to someone. The most important thing I want us to do is desire to prophesy. Be open to God speaking to us prophetically and use the gift of prophecy. Now, this is a very normal thing. Some might ask, where do I do that? It could just be in a relationship when you're out to lunch. It could be after church. It could be in your small group. It could be in a time of prayer with other people, the people of God. It could be that. But it's done orderly. It's done powerfully. And it's done under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit. Is that, this all making sense so far, guys? Because this stuff is powerful. Because it's God doing. He knew that we needed this weapon. We can't drop down a weapon when we're in a battle to glorify Jesus and expect to win the war. That can't happen. It's a battle out there. People are going down left and right. As a pastor, I watch sheep go astray all the time. All the time. 
You try to tell them, don't do this, don't do that, don't leave, don't go off into the darkness. Get up, you've fallen down, and they keep going down over and over again. You know what helps keep them? God the Holy Spirit inspiring prophecy in his people to keep the people of God going and walking in the path of light. It's serious here. It's a battle. Therefore, we need these Holy Spirit-inspired weapons and gifts to glorify Jesus and to seek and save and restore that which was lost. This is why this is so important. We need to be sensitive and hear the voice of God and sense the voice of God and be led by the Holy Spirit because he's moving among us. And I think I can get a big amen about that. Amen? God, the Holy Spirit, from the day you put your faith in Jesus, has been inside of you, watching over you, leading you, speaking you, picking you up, affirming you, encouraging you. And many times he's doing it through the body of Christ. He's given us each other to encourage each other. For some reason, God has chosen to use us as instruments to build one another up. For some reason, he's chosen to use us in his redemptive plan. That's unbelievable. That broken vessels like us, that sinners like us, get called into the plan of God, and he not only says you're redeemed, he says now you're going to be used to glorify my name and see other people's lives restored. That's what he's called each one of us to. So let's go over some practical stuff on how to give a prophecy. And what do you do when someone walks up to you and says they think they spoke something from God to you? Let, let's just talk about some normal stuff with that. <clears throat> Remember, the apostle Paul said to weigh every prophecy. He said to test every prophecy. He said to hold on to what is good. That means there's stuff that will be an error of stuff that will be bad. All the pressure's off. Let's dive into this. Here are some healthy parameters if you feel that God has spoken to you and you're supposed to give a word to someone else. <clears throat> the first thing is be sensitive to God the Holy Spirit and do your best to discern if God is leading, impressing, or moving you to give this word. When you are uh, meant to give a word to someone, you can't shake it off. Anyone ever had that happen? Like you can't shake it off. You ever, you ever been just, and this is a little sidetracked, but I, I'm sure some people identify you're out in public or you're at a bus stop or you're somewhere and God is like, talk to this person about Jesus. Or just ask them how they're doing. And you don't want to do it. You're just like, get me out of here right now. I just want to go home and do my rhythms. But all of a sudden you feel like, man, I can't shake this off. Because usually you can shake it off if it's nothing. You can't shake it off. And then you talk to someone or it's a leading or you meet someone and you speak something in their life and you realize God had ordained that meeting for you to say that into that person's life. When God is moving on your heart and he's revealing stuff to you, you can't shake it off. I think that's very helpful. And remember, you're a child of God. You know God. You know the Holy Spirit at work in you. Be confident in how he speaks to you. You don't have to be afraid. So that's the first thing. Secondly, Ask yourself if this word you believe you're supposed to speak, if it lines up with Scripture. Does it line up with Scripture? So, for example, if you, you feel you're led to tell someone they're called to be a pastor, and you can't shake it off. <clears throat> if you go to the Word of God, you realize that lines up with Scripture. There's nothing strange or awkward about that. Now, and I've heard people do this. If you feel led to affirm someone in sexual immorality, like you're hearing from God, that doesn't line up the scriptures. I've heard people go up and say, your lifestyle, that's okay. You can live like that. That's all right. I hear. You hear all right. 
You're not hearing God the Holy Spirit because you will never hear something contrary to the Scriptures. You guys hear me? We need a huge amen for that in our culture. People acting like they're more sensitive than Jesus. I'm getting prophetic up here. I'm sorry. I got a little angry on that one. Because it's unbelievable. People say they hear words and it's contrary to Scripture. That is some of the craziest stuff you'll ever hear in your life. But let's calm down. The second thing, if you get a word for God, it's going to line up with Scripture. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not from God. It's just not. Third, this is the beautiful part of it. Remember, you're not Elijah. You're not John the Baptist. You're not eating locusts and honey out in the wilderness, out of Brekai, eating locusts and honey. You're not. So you don't have to feel you're like you're the lone, audible voice of God walking the earth, right? About to give a word and change the nation. No. Change your local church. All the weight is off. If you feel you heard from God, know why me and Pastor Dave are here? To help you work through that. Right? A word of God can be spontaneous, but it doesn't have to be spontaneous to be fruitful. In the scripture, you see all the time that every word of God should be accountable. If you say you're prophetic and you've heard something, it should be accountable to leadership, and that will help you walk through it so you don't feel the stress of that. Amen? That's huge. You can come to me and Pastor Dave and say, listen, I think I've got a word to give to someone, or I think I've got a word for my life. Can you help me think through this? And we'll bring the scriptures and we'll pray and think through that. There's so much safety in that. Fourthly, and I've said this a few times, you can say it normally without thus saith the Lord because you can have a conversation with someone. How do we do everything? We have a humble conversation. You can walk up to someone very normally saying, listen, can I talk to you? I know this is, you can't even say this, I do. This could sound crazy. But I think God has revealed something to me. I want you to weigh it. I want you to discern it. Discern it. I want you to test it. But I think God is revealing to this to me for your life. I want to give you this word. I believe you're called to do this. Or God wants to encourage you in this. Or he wants you to hear this truth about the gospel. I want to share this with you. You weigh it. Do you know how powerful that is when people see you approaching like that? It's a different kind of posture. Where people... You will see if it's God because you will see how it impacts people's life. Sometimes you'll give a word to someone. They will go home. They will cry. They will say, God, you're looking out for me. And it will build their faith in some dramatic ways. But you must be brave and you must do it in a humble way. I had, um, when I was thinking about going full time, I didn't want to pull the trigger on going full time. That's stressful. Welcome to stress. Let's go full time. Other well, people got to give and be generous for me to live. That's fun. So I was really holding off on that. I was like, man, are you sure? Am I hearing right? This and that. Finally, three times in one week, people very normally said to me, you got to go full time. They're not even thinking they were being prophetic. They just kept saying, it's time to go full time, man. What are you doing? Time to go full time. Finally, by Friday, I was like, okay, let's do this. But it was very normal. And I need the people of God to speak of that in my life or I might not have taken that step. You need people of God to step into your life in that way. So someone gives you a word. They walk up to you. They say, normally, I could be hearing from God. Here's a prophetic word. This is how you balance it. First of all, ask yourself what? Does this line up with Scripture? Is this mature theologically? Is this doctrinally correct? That's number one. Secondly, check the accuracy of this person's prophecy. Is this person a fruit loop? 
the fruit loop test is always good. God bless, there'll be fruit loops in heaven. But God bless this one woman. She was bringing letters when we were just starting the church. And she wanted to give them to like Nancy and John Coppola and we kept signing them. And I was like, first of all, we don't know you. So the first thing you don't want to do is walk up with just words, passing them out like candy. She gives me these envelopes that I got to give. But I'm like, so Nancy got the first one and she said, Joey. She calls him Pastor Joey when things are crazy. This is crazy. And I said, okay, she shut off. Shut that tape off. She kept handing me letters. Do you think I'm going to keep giving those letters to those people if there's crazy talk on it? No, because I realized this woman might have had some issues. I realized that it wasn't accurate what she was saying. I think on one of them, the name was wrong. Like, if you're going to prophesy, get the name, person's name right. You can't come out the gate like that. You know, you call me Billy, thus saith the Lord, you're out the gate. You know, come on. So I had these things, and I said, this woman isn't accurate. She's not maybe emotionally sound, this and that. So I realized I wanted to check the character of the person and the accuracy. If you're 0 for 10 in prophecies, stop it. Right? Why can't we say that in a normal way? Listen, if you're on a baseball team and they had you bat and clean up and you struck out every time, you're out of the lineup. It should be the same with accountability for prophecy. Is this person off? That's easy general knowledge. And finally, even though prophecy can really build up, and I believe God's going to speak to us some great ways as we become open to it, it's not as binding as Scripture, meaning it doesn't have the same authority like we said. Therefore, if someone gives you a prophecy and you're not sure about it, you don't have to get all stressed out about it. Because some prophecy in my life has stressed me out because I can't make heads and tails of it. That's okay because that's the third tear down. I can weigh the good and throw out the bad. But at the same time, God can use prophecy to encourage you. How many people has God used prophecy to encourage you? I just want to get an idea. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so the Holy Spirit has moved in that way. About eight or nine of us, that's good. It doesn't mean you're less loved by God if you didn't. But well, I understand that God's moving in that way sometimes. Let's be open to that. When the Holy Spirit has spoken those prophetic words to us and will speak them to you, look at it as kindness from God the Holy Spirit. Look at it as God loves you enough for someone to speak a word to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just spoke of some things that are supernatural. We've spoken of some things that are foreign to us, some of us. Father, we've talked about how we really have a temptation to despise some of these prophecies because of error and silliness in the past. I do pray, Lord... that you help us to earnestly desire prophecy and you begin to use that gift of prophecy in those who you called in a very normal, balanced, healthy, and powerful way to lead us to become more like your son, Jesus, and to cause this church to grow in maturity and glorify your name and advance the gospel and to see lives restored. I know we have a long way to go in maturity, Lord, and growth, but we trust you and we trust the Holy Spirit to teach us these things. For you have made us children of God 
Your Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Help us to hear his voice in a prophetic way. Amen. Guys, a side note that I didn't get to say that I just felt led to say. Um, there's a flip side to that coin. We shouldn't be seeing fortune tellers. We shouldn't be going to palm readers. Now, some of them are just fakes and frauds, but some of them fellowship with demonic spirits. And some of them will actually give you somewhat accurate foretellings of the future, but they're not from God the Holy Spirit. We see that with Paul, who cast the demon out of that girl who kept telling the future. So please hear me today. All that kind of looking at the stars to see who I am and palm reading and future telling and who knows, some of you even when you're younger, they got those Ouija boards once in a while, it gets demonic. That we need to be on guard against because understand there's demonic spirits out there that we are in battle against. So do not turn to those things. And if you have, there is grace in Christ. Denounce them, repent of them, and receive the forgiveness is in Christ. You have nothing to fear. But going forward, don't let that be your path. Go to the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Go to the scriptures to speak to you. Amen?